Okay. I've hit record. And, oh, uh, original sound. I, I did that. I just said I just put my original oh, sound on. Yeah. Okay. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. oh, here we go. And now we're back. It's time to get serious. I said it before you did. You were going to say it. No, I actually had forgotten about that bit. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> yes, as I get older, I forget things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Again, is it's that weird thing. I was. I think. Uh, who was I talking to? I I can't even remember who I was talking to. <laughs> I was going to say, well, considering the few people you do talk to, I'm guessing it was Delise. I have this vivid memory of my childhood and high school and college, and can't remember shit that happened three months ago. Why is that? Anyway, well, let's get a psychologist on the on the show. Well, I don't think it takes a psychologist. Psych- <laughs> <laughs> whatever, a mind person. I don't a mind person. Whatever that is. <laughs> yeah. How can you tell that we didn't go to medical school? I want to be a mind person. You mean a neurologist? No, I don't want to be one of those people that tells you what's why well, you're all fucked up. I, I don't think it takes a psychologist to explain that, you know, you get to be your age, 77 or whatever you are. Yeah. Uh, Dan Durant, gonna, for people you, who are watching... Are you say uh, something about the September serious getting serious? Yeah, but, you know, I will in a second. I want to point out, if you're watching us on Facebook... This won't make any sense to you podcast listeners, but if you're watching us on Facebook, Dan has dressed as a, an acquirer, an acquirer angel today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you not see that? When Dan first took off his jacket because he he's at the lake, I'm like, dude, you look like a priest. Mm. And then yeah. now I've, I've downgraded that mm. to choir angel. Deep-seated religious background. Oh, yeah. yeah. You know. And do you hate the Catholics, right? Isn't that part of... It's part of who I am. No, I don't hate Catholics. I don't. Agree. That church you grew up out west, that weird church, or didn't you hate Catholics or something? Sounds no? like a cult now. No, it's Lutheran. <laughs> That's oh, right. Lutheran. Yeah, the Lutheran. We Listen, broke away. As, as the churchy people go, as churchy people, oh, right. Because you hate them. Yeah. Martin, yeah. yeah, well, Martin Luther didn't agree with a lot of things. No, Martin Luther. Thesis on a door, and then all of a sudden got a new religion. So think about it. Yeah, oh. Martin Luther, who was just a guy, just a guy in the world, didn't like the Catholics or something. And started his own church. You uh, know. Yeah, and I went to the motel where he was assassinated, too. It was wild. Just, yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Down there in <laughs> I love your new yeah. bit where you're all mixed up. Oh, hey, it's Mr. Gooheads come to life. You better see a mind person. You better see that. a mind person. All the shit I read about him, too. They, they didn't even mention that part. Yeah, the part where he started <laughs> his own religion. Yeah. Uh, yes, it's time to get serious, and uh, this is the first week since the spring that you will get. Uh, I well, we didn't work yesterday, obviously, and uh, yeah, remind me, I got to take another day off next week for a golf tournament. But this, we're going back to Monday through Thursday, so we've got a lot of questions to answer. When will the email show be? We'll get to that. Uh, well, yes, we're going to be back to four days a week, starting in a couple weeks, because next week I need one of those days off. All right. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, Dan, the priest right. is here. Uh, old Mr. Fred, uh, all mixed up, is ready. Uh, Dan, you want to start the program? Sure. All right. Let me find the all thing right. that starts the program. Here it is. To start the program. Let's go. Got it. Uh, yep. This episode of Humble and Fred is being broadcast to the world from our state-of-the-art Humble and Fred studios in Toronto, from our well-equipped Brampton facility with a pool, and from a trailer in the Kawarthas across from a canoe hanging from a tree. 
and is brought to you by Bodog, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Aaron Ventures, evnet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. And now here are two men who would have been stuck in India with the broken Prime Minister's plane, but decided not to go to the G20 this year. So they're here with their world-class entertainment, It's Humble and Fred. While we were gone, uh, Toronto Mike put together a bunch of cool shows. Did you guys hear that uh, he put a, a, a scope of us from 1990 in air check? I didn't hear any of it, did you? No, I can't. I can't. I can't do that. I'm sorry, you can't what? I, I don't like listening to myself, especially from way back then. But I don't, anyway. I don't um, like listening to myself I, from the start of this show. I heard the reaction, and uh, yeah, it was good. Dan, were you, you were producing the show in 1990, weren't you? I believe so. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, I mean, you know, I listened to about thirty seconds of it, but I couldn't anymore because, uh, in my yeah, a little bit like Fred, and also Fred's feeling right now about it. And then also, uh, I think you know because that was those scopes were recorded on a, uh, a cassette deck, and I think the speed is just a little bit too fast because your voices sound a little bit higher. Yeah, that was the what everyone was saying that our voices sound higher, and it, I think it had a little. I, I haven't heard it. I'm just going to play it now. Uh, I now think it that had, Labor Day is in the rear view mirror, oh, here's Mike's introduction. shout out to Pearl Jam. Hey, no. This nostalgia. All right. Sing it. Pass me the tequila. So you think it's sped up. The tape is sped up. Pass me the tequila, Sheila. Lie down and love me again. Something. Four-story funhouse at the corner of Queen and Bathurst. Girls' night out Thursdays at the Big Bop. There's Dan Duran, 1990 Dan Duran. And that was me, by the way. It's a fine time from New Order at CFNY. FM 102, our time is 622. It's humble and Fred, high near 4 degrees today. And windy, though. Uh, so you, you think that's sped up? You don't think that's how I sounded in 1990? No, I think so. I think, yeah, your voice isn't that high. And what happened, I mean, that machine that they used in there was an old cassette deck, an old TAC or something. It was just, you know, it turned on every time the microphone went on, basically. Mm-hmm. And uh, if they, it, I think it probably recorded slow. when So when you play it back at speed, it sounds Being a little nice. Is the forecast minus ways, 10 warming up you know, tomorrow, too? We can only hope that's a warm wind they're talking about today. Well, uh, we're, look, look, Humble and Fred talking about the weather. Because <laughs> uh, because the trend in the next couple of days is going to be uh, warmer on the weekend. Warm windows, too. I'm holding on to that movie. It's going to be a bit warm. <laughs> because that big golf show is coming to the Dome. Start We're talking about golf and weather. Golf. Um, it's the first of March, so golf can't be that far away. Another yeah. month and a half. Yeah. No, that, that, that's a, there's something wrong with that tape. That's not how we sounded. I mean, yeah, we sounded younger. The reason I wanted oh, to play... Guys, guys, 33 years ago. Jesus. That's a long time ago. The reason I wanted to play a little bit of it is partly for disgusting purposes but i was explaining it to somebody the other day who wasn't in radio and i can't remember who it was but it doesn't matter i was explaining that part of our jobs was to do that show and then a lot of days not every day but a lot of days we would go into somebody's office and have to listen back to it right away which was Fucking re- I, one of the things about our job, my job, that I always hated was that because it just was too fresh. I mean, it, I, it happened to me as a disc jockey, 
and I don't know if it ever happened to you when you were doing just sports. Probably not. But I always found that part of the process so disturbing. Yeah, I'm confused by that, though. Like, we did? Like, I don't re- We didn't do it, like, every day, did we? I just like, said, I on many days, we did it. Yes, we did. With Stuart, absolutely, we did it. It was just I can't I can't remember air checks with Stuart, isn't it? Well, thirty three years ago. I, I I just can't. Well te- Dan, you certainly well, I, however long you did DJing, but you I was literally almost every show I did for years, I would have to go into somebody's office and listen back to and I remember questions like, What were you thinking? And I go, I don't know, it was like six thirty in the morning. The fuck was I think those were horrible thinking. because you felt uh, exa- like the, the every word that came out of your mouth you felt was being criticized as opposed to like okay hey you had a great show or whatever it's right. like, okay every every moment it's like oh did, did I you know what did I do it was not now? so much that it was even criticized it was just being examined and and, the, yeah. and to be fair they weren't always critical like some of it was like hey that was a great show here listen let's listen to a couple of breaks that I thought were good even the ones that were good I found like you know, just imagine you, you've just recorded something and uh, at 9.30 or 10, you're now listening back to it. Anyway, um, I just remember stuff like hit it out of the park. And remember that term I used to hear a lot, you know, like, yeah, fuck, you hit it out of the park on that one. Do you not remember us? At, uh, well, certainly at St. Clair and Young, I remember sitting in whoever's office that was and listening to Steve Couch yell at Ted uh, Wallachian. That was fun. Like well, yell that's at it, them because I—that's sort of what I'm thinking about. Because whatever air checks we went through, compared to what I heard from other people, we got off sort of easy. Oh yeah, from what, for, for, again, from what I remember. But again, you probably had sessions that I wasn't even part of. You know, maybe so. Uh, anyway, this is what we sounded uh, like. The golf show at the dome is going to be something. They're going to have the world's longest or biggest driving range or something. That's right. Throw up a huge net, uh-huh. and you can go there. They're going to have a putting green, which is no big deal. But yeah, that, 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 that's not the actual audio. <laughs> Do you think it sounds ridiculous? <laughs> that's just before somebody reached over and put like a, you know a battery cable on my balls. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. We're not only are we talking. Not only does it sound like we're talking with higher voices. We're also. You know, going really, really quickly. Uh, anyway, good this on, is what, good on Mike for uh, for Oh no, it was great. So that's 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 cool. Well, no, it was a great did idea. Get, did he get that from the tapes that you had given us, Dan? I think so. I, I don't know. Oh. I think so. Some they they must be floating around there somewhere. But you know, if he does it again, maybe just ask him to pitch it down a bit with the uh, there's you know controls that you can do that within. I don't think it matters. It's in the, we're just so critical of ourselves and everything. People would just listen to that and think, oh, that's neat from 33 years ago. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. Uh, today on the show, today's uh, 2023, the 12th of September, the day after the day that will live on in infamy. Uh, our good friend uh, Bernard Fraser from Church of Trees. He's a guy that Dan and I worked with at CTV. I think I worked with him first. I can't remember. At, at the Dini Petty show, he was just a, one of those great people you meet along the way. And he's kind of morphed into this, you know, like um, music producer and uh, creator. And uh, he will be at the Elma Combo. How's that for cool? At the Elma Combo, the Church of Church. We've had them on before. Anyway, uh They've released this little group they've, he's put together has released a bunch of albums, and uh, we're going to talk to uh, Bernard 
Do you have fond memories of him, Dan? Even you know, I know you have so Absolutely. many. Absolutely, yeah, he's a producer on the show. As a, as a matter of fact, he he listened to the show, the Humble and Fred show, and through all that, he was the one who got me in front of uh, the powers that be that hired me at CTV to do the uh, co-host of the Dini show. For so you do years, have so, yeah. fond memories, people. Yeah, people have helped no. you, Dan. Yeah, you guys have like a TV history with him because not often do we do music guests no. anymore. No, of course not. So we're having uh, Bernard on because he's just a decent guy, and that'll uh, we'll, he'll play some of their music. Uh, speaking of music, Dan, uh, Fred, uh, we all uh, were aware, it was, uh, I guess, a week ago now that uh, Jimmy Buffett passed away. There we go. Was it skin cancer? What was it? Some kind of cancer. 76, yeah. by the way. Yeah, I read about the skin cancer. It sounds scary. These little red dots show up, and then by the time they do, it's uh, got a real good grip on you. Because he was, uh, he started uh, canceling shows just in April there. So I assume he was performing right up to March, and then bang, by August, he's dead. Run through that again. So he, he found some spots or dots somewhere. Yes. And they started treating them, but by the time you see the spots and dots, it's too late? Yes. Okay. It's, uh, yeah, uh, again, I was going to say, you know, just Google it and read about it, but then again, don't, because it's just scary. And yeah. you just, um, I hope, and then every time you look at yourself, you're looking for a little dot. So. Well, I will tell you that the last couple of summers, uh, you know, I've put on a lot of sunscreen, but I've been wearing these uh, sleeves. They're called sun sleeves. Yes. Because, you know, like you, my arms, you know, I've been out in the sun since I was a little kid, and I started to get like, you know, I've had a, what do they call that, dermatologist? Who's the skin guy? Uh, dermatologi- dermatological, you know, checkup in the last year and a half, and he said everything was fine, even though I've got this giant moly mole on my back. Uh, but I just started to get a little concerned about my arms because, you know, I'm, you know, I started to get a little discoloration. Dan, do you put sunscreen on? Please tell me you do. I do when I, I don't spend a lot of time in the sun. I spend a lot of time where I am. It's very treed in this area. But if I'm going out uh, like on a, on a boat or if I was going to go golfing like you, I would do the yeah. sunscreen. Well, you should. I, we worry about you. So uh, a lot of people thought uh, Jimmy Buffett's career was a bit of a joke or a novelty, but it wasn't. He uh, Very few people turned, uh, you know, I was going to say a few songs, but, you know, think about it. He turned a, a, a bunch of songs into a, a brand, probably one of the smartest musicians out there and, and worth hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars, not just from his music, but from all those associated, you know, um, the, you know, the, the restaurants and the, uh, the parrot heads and retirement homes. Did you know that, Dan? No, I know he was a billionaire, but I didn't know about the retirement home. Yeah, man. Mm, Jimmy Buffett retirement homes. Absolutely. Yeah, a brilliant guy. Uh, he started out doing country music, eh? And then I think a trip to Key West, Florida. He just sort of liked the vibe and then started instituting some steel drums and stuff into his music. And then it found a... It struck a chord and the rest is history. I, I was never a big fan. Although, you know... The day he died to it, my wife showed him great disrespect because I said, hey, Jimmy Buffett died, like I often say to her when someone dies or yeah. 
something notable in the news, and she sort of looked at me and shrugged her shoulders. And I said, oh, what's that all about? Really? So, okay. But um, he's iconic, whether you liked him or not. He was a significant player. Oh, yeah. In our generation of music, he just was. Uh, casinos, Dan. Uh, interest in beer, in sports franchises, in video games, retirement communities, the Latitude Margaritaville, a 3,900 home, $1 billion retirement village in Daytona Beach. He launched uh, cannabis. Um, he had he had shares in Berkshire Hathaway. Um, I don't have his net worth in front of me, but it's a lot. Yeah, it was pushing a billion from what I understand. And you know, he was that, on one of the billionaire lists that I had on the show a while ago. He was? Yeah. You know, and say what you want about his music. It's almost, uh, it doesn't matter. Like Margaritaville, yeah, Cheeseburger in Paradise. Although this song actually, uh, I'm pretty sure we played this dance somewhere at uh, one of the radio stations we worked at. Heading up to San Francisco. I always, this is one of those songs I always forget that it's a Jimmy Buffett song. It's called Come Monday. Do you remember this, Dan? Yeah, I do. I guess I never was meant for glitter rock and roll. And honey, I didn't know that I'd be missing you so. Come Monday. Yeah, there's the hook. Uh, there's quite a lengthy note on uh, Twitter. I don't call it X. I don't care what he wants me to call it. But there's a note I, I, I have here from Paul McCartney. And uh, it really is really, really heartfelt about his love of Jimmy Buffett. Not only his music, but just as a guy. And um, he says, let me, I'll just read the opening statement. It seems, he, he, McCartney writes, McCartney, McCartney writes, it seems that so many wonderful people are leaving this world, and now Jimmy Buffett is one of them. I've known Jimmy for some time and found him to be one of the kindest and most generous people. Uh, and he goes on to talk about a time that he was on vacation, and Jimmy lent him a guitar, and they hung out making some songs together. He says, so many of us will miss Jimmy and his tremendous personality, his love for all of us and for mankind as a whole. More stuff, and there's some great pictures of him. So long, Jim. You are a very special man, says Paul McCartney, and it was a great privilege to get to know you and love you. Bubbles up, my friend. That's what uh, they said, bubbles up. That's very nice. I, I read that, too, and I was thinking, you know, Paul McCartney, he's in a position, right, where... He doesn't have to be jealous of anyone. No. When you're the king of, yeah, the king of rock and roll, I guess, you would call him, you look, excuse me, you look down upon everyone else and you can thoroughly enjoy them, but not feel jealous or threatened by anyone because you're the best. And uh, a guy like, even, can you imagine talking to... uh, uh, Buffett about that like as much as he said kind words about Buffett what that meant to Jimmy Buffett when Paul McCartney says can I borrow a guitar yeah and you start jamming and just those moments are just magical man yeah you know that's a really interesting uh, perspective that Paul McCartney and people like McCartney and yeah you know Al Pacino, uh, Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods uh, you know at some point you're you've just accomplished so much Mm-hmm. That you can, 
be kind and generous to others, which is why we've always been, <laughs> which is why I, I, we've I always been petty, <laughs> petty, jealous. Yeah. Hey, you know the I what I found interesting was um, they set us home from a place in New York. It's actually on Long Island, and I thought I'm surprised that he lived on Long Island, given who McCartney you know, or machi- Jimmy Buffett. Given no, no, um, Jimmy Buffett. Given the machine that is, you know, uh, Jimmy Buffett. You know the you know the palm trees and the. You know, that whole... But I think he had places Florida, everywhere. Florida Beach vibe. Yeah, had, I'm sure he had homes yeah. everywhere, but he died at his home in New York, so I would assume maybe that's yeah. the home that, uh, you know, his main home. I was surprised. I thought it would he'd own some huge thing in Key West, which he probably does anyway. Uh, here's the last song I'll play that I thought was... Uh, I mean, there's a bunch of others, like I said. There's one, Roll Me Up and Smoke Me When I'm Gone. Changes in Latitude is another Jimmy Buffett classic. But this is another one that I always like. Oh, yeah. I forget that I like that song. As the son of a son of a sailor, I went out on the sea for adventure. Expanding the view of the captain and crew like a man just released from indenture. So there you go. That's a nice little look at Jimmy Buffett. He's got an album coming out, by the way. I'm sorry, Dan. I'm not sure if you heard he just died. Technology's crazy. That's right. Dead guys can Dan, he's, he's dead. Paul McCartney, Amy Lou Harris, and I'm sorry, Dan. Speak up. What are you saying? What do you mean, what am I saying? I didn't hear any of that. You couldn't hear it? Well, I, you were literally mumbling through all of it. What did you say? Oh, well, okay. I'll speak louder. I, you know, is your uh, original sound on? I was going to say the same thing. I didn't want to bring technical into it. Too, it is. Original sound for musicians is on, kids. Mm. It's right okay. on. You don't hear that? We hear it, but it, it, when you talk, everything clip, uh, clips out or something. Anyway, well, what I was saying was... Okay. I, I heard that, too, but I didn't... Again, people get tired of hearing that stuff, but I heard it, too. I thought I would just live with it today. You heard what? That you can't hear the music? There. You just clipped a whole bunch. Yeah, I, no one's hearing it. Mm-hmm. I'm not hearing it. It's you coming back to us, so it seems like we, when you talk and we, we can't hear some of the words you're saying. Yeah, because I didn't... Well, dudes, it's got to be something coming from uh, Zoom, because you're sounding perfect to me, and I'm, I'm not, I don't hearing any clipping. Okay. I was just saying that in November, November 3rd, yes. he will release uh, his final album, Equal Strain on All Parts, which Fred said was amazing that someone can, you know... With technology release albums yeah. these days, and what you day. didn't hear me say is, I first, I first said he can't have another album, Dan, because he's dead, and they don't make great music. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, okay. So now it says clipping again for sure. People are saying that on Facebook. So where is that coming from, Dan? Because it's not coming from. I'm not hearing it on Zoom. And I've recorded other shows since we did a show together, and uh, no one else heard that. So well, it it, it did this. Remember just. I think the last show before we took our break. Yeah, it did. And then what we did is we started again, and then it didn't do it again. Hmm. Anyway, um, it may be because, uh, who knows, they're like if everybody's software version is is, uh, up to date. 
they may have released something new and um could just be a, a, a Zoom connection, but it's probably more so for Facebook than it is for you, Howard. You hear us well. I hear you. There's no interruption going out to Facebook. So, do you hear me, or is, am I clipping now every time I talk? No, not every time. Every so often, when we overlap a bit, you get lost. We can't hear what you say. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, that's, that's an issue. Happens. I can't, again, I'm looking on every uh, thing I have here. Audio, uh, original sound, live on Facebook. Um, it says original sound on, noise suppression is enabled. Noise suppression is disabled for original sound. Good. I, I don't know what to tell you, Daniel. All right, well, let's not spend any time on it. Let's just move on. <laughs> well, we already have. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Jimmy Buffett... Uh, Again, I don't I don't know if I have any of his music on any of my playlists. Again, it wasn't really my cup of tea, but like so many other artists that you maybe don't fancy, you have great uh, utmost respect for. And I think he uh, slots into that. Well, as I said, I played a couple songs there that yeah. you... I mean, at least for me, I forget that are actually Jimmy Buffett songs that are pretty good. You oh, know? yeah. Sure. I mean, Margaritaville, I played as a disc jockey in the 70s, and I don't, you know, don't have to hear it again. But uh, mm-hmm. there's a couple others on some of his albums that are pretty good songs. And you got to figure, like, he was so smart, so early, he, he, before the oh, Internet. Yeah. He understood marketing before the Internet could have. Because a lot of people now become influencers, and they have their own tribes, and, you know, the deads, you know, all that stuff. I mean, the, the Grateful Dead were, were another band that did that, like, became sort of a cult to their audience but yeah without a doubt but jimmy buffett figured it out early <clears throat> and dies early 76 to build that empire and go yeah young is sad i don't know what i don't i don't think you can you don't think it's sad i do <laughs> yeah of course i think yes i think it's sad I just don't think you can say 76 is young anymore. It's young to us because we're almost 76. But I think to the average person, uh. no, no, no. Listen, if 81 or 82 is the, and and we're talking about Canada, you know, their life expectancy down there in the stupid United States has actually gone down. Like the average male, excuse me, lives till about 80. So he was only four shy of his best before day. So if I die in nine years, it'll be, oh, well, that was a good run. Yeah. 76? Yeah. I'll say, Come you know, on. well, okay. Well, so what, the shit out of me. So what isn't young then? 85? 85, you've, ex- you've gone beyond your average life expectancy. I think any guy that dies before 80, that's sort of not good. But, well, of course it's not good. Again, I look at my, you, you nailed it. Look at my perspective. <laughs> Dying after 80 is good. Dying, Dying after 80 is okay. <laughs> no, I think once the first number is eight, it's like, get your head around it. Yeah, okay. You had a good run. I, listen, I'm just talking off the top of my head and a guy who's 13 years away from 80. So, you know, and we've been doing this show 13 years. So in that quick amount of time. Mm-hmm. That, that wonderful 13 years we spent doing this, how quickly that went by, and the next 13 will go quicker, I will be 80 and still a young man. I don't yeah. give a shit what you say. <laughs> okay, well, you can just keep that facade going. And by the way, to be, to be, you know, to be precise, it's only been 12 years, Grampy. 
Yeah, but okay. but you can't well, keep yeah. saying, oh, well, you know, hey, uh, we'll be pretty soon, eh? We'll be into our 13th, won't we? Uh, yeah. Well, this will be starting our October. 13th year, October 11th. But if you yeah. listen, if you want to say that 76 is young, that's fine. Go ahead. I don't, I don't mind. Okay, yeah. I, okay, thank you. Thank um, and by the way, back to this clipping thing. It's not showing up on the recording. No, we know yeah. that. Yeah. Okay. It's All right. going out to All right. Facebook. Yeah, well, and, and you guys are hearing it. Like, here's my question. If I stop the Facebook live feed right now, and I know that bothers... Let me, let me just do that for a second. And that won't see, fix it. It'll be the Zoom. It's something to do with Zoom, because Facebook just slaves to the, whatever's coming out of the Zoom. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you should use that. It's very racist. That term. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what I said. You okay. said it slaves it to uh, the... Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Come on down. Sorry. Um, yeah, okay. I better get my uh, technical terms in, in line. Yeah. So okay, I'm, yeah. is that rain that uh, I'm hearing now? In your, yeah, yeah, that's rain. So now we've got technical difficulties and it's raining on Dan Duran. Uh, and there's other musical news. You may uh, yeah. have heard of this. Maybe you haven't. It's uh, pretty good. Have a listen. Hold on. Here we go. One, two, one, two, three. Don't get angry with me. I never caused you no pain. I won't be angry with you. But I can't see straight. Yeah. As a river runs, the rivers run dry. We have found many love, and I wanna know why. Why are you angry with me? Ladies and gentlemen, the Rolling Stones. Pretty good little tune. Yeah, when I first heard that, I was uh, I was impressed. Uh, for eighty year old guys, I thought uh, pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I, I sent you an article by somebody that uh, reviewed it and said, you know, it's it's not the greatest song, but you know, if you put it through a prism of their eighty year old men who've been making music for you know seventy five years. Or whatever it's been. It's pretty good. It's a pretty catchy little tune. I think you made a good point about... Just say what you said about it being a deep cut. Well, yeah, yeah. When I heard it, I thought, you know, it's, it's a good song. It's not their best ever, obviously. I mean, that's a lot to ask. Um, but it, to me, it was like a deep cut from one of their early albums or something. You know, mm-hmm. it's just a, a neat song. Um, you know, maybe wouldn't be a smash hit. But again, it's so subjective. I mean, my be- my favorite... Stone song is Beast of Burden and yeah you know there's other people that love the harder stuff and whatever so I, I just think it's a good just a neat little rock song I also think the uh, video Dan have you seen the video yet no I haven't yeah it's pretty clever it's just a uh, it's well there's this very attractive young woman on the back of a car and she's driving through Los Angeles and the stones are performing inside of it, on, on these billboards, but it's them from each album era. It's very clever, actually. You should check it out, Dan. Um, a lot of bum shots. Mm-hmm. Say again? There's some bum shots. Some nice bum shots. There's some bum shots. Thank you. 
of the young woman. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about Jagger's bomb. <laughs> Although his is just as nice. Yeah, he's got a pretty nice. Yeah, Dan, we just want to point out there's some bum shots in case you can't see bum shots on the internet. <laughs> I mean, it's pretty simple. It's pretty simple stuff. But they're 80-year-old guys, you know, and which is, you know, not young anymore. Because they're not 76. But they are very right. talented, yeah. Why'd I say that? All right. I should, I should have never said 76. <laughs> mm-hmm. <sighs> um, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, it, I... That's uh, I, I'm just impressed top to bottom with yeah. that. So those old buggers, you know, and what decade are they into now? Are they into their sixth decade or whatever? Yeah, and the fact they still want to do it—that's also still impressive. Do it. Yeah, don't you think it's impressive that you know that whatever age they are, like I hang around with a lot of guys, and you know our friend Bill Hertz, uh, young next, man, young man, uh, 79. 79. Not 76, but 79. I was around a lot of those guys. They're not uh, They're not sitting around writing new songs. I mean, they're active. They're playing pickleball. Like the Stones peer group, most of them are dead. But a lot of them are just like, you know, getting up, playing pickleball, having a nap, uh, going out for dinner right. at four. <laughs> Fucking Stones are out there playing songs and doing videos. No, oh, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And um, why, you know, often in those situations, too, and I, even Paul McCartney, you know, not so much in recent history, but, you know, in the latter stages of his really active career, although his, I guess he still performs on some level, you know, the, the new stuff he produced, sometimes you th- you'd hear it and you'd think, ah, oh, I wish he hadn't have done that. Seriously. You know, because it... It wasn't just it wasn't good for the legacy and uh but again this song to me is a pretty good stone song yeah it's not hurting anybody no it's not hurting anybody <laughs> <laughs> um dan will you be able to stick around and do the news and things like that yeah i'll do some i'll go for a canoe and then come back and do the news how's that sound what do you mean you're gonna Sounds go good. for a canoe like you're gonna go out in the water yeah well i guess Don't that makes sense over. Yeah what, yeah, what if what, what if you tip over and you can't write yourself and you're there flailing away? Will you wear a life jacket? I usually have a life jacket in, in the canoe, but I'm not going out into the middle of Lake Ontario. Uh, it's, a little, it's a little lake behind me here. So mm. I could swim to shore, no problem. You often, yeah. But if you're weighted down with all your clothes, Dan. That's right. You know, it could take you. you what if you have a mini, seconds. what if you have one of your mini strokes? Yeah. <laughs> what if you what? just get a little bit of a tiny stroke and you're out there and you're not sure where you're at, where you are, and you go to the other side of the lake and now you have to live over there with, oh, wow. without electricity. So I, I'm McConnell or something, is that what you're telling me? <laughs> oh yeah. McConnell. Have you seen that? Have you seen Mitch yeah. McConnell just freezing like a robot? I couldn't watch it because it was so awkward. I it's not, so like, awkward. Oh, I can't more than this. Just ugh. how old is he? Well, he's not a young man. He's got to be 80. Yeah. Is he at least 80? Yeah. Something? I know it's so. weird. And then it's it's amazing. 
you know, everybody takes their sides and, you know, the Republicans are all over Biden because he's too old. And then it happens to Mitch McConnell and Democrats, you know, question his age. The only Democrat that backed up uh, McConnell was Biden because it's good business. <laughs> That's right. Oh, there's nothing wrong with him. He's fine. Boys. No, he's fine. Guys, he's, he's fine. <laughs> he's fine. He could be he could be president after me. Yeah. He's 81. Biden. Hmm. Like, sir, I, I watched I. I uh, I called Fred the other day. I was listening to the G20 press conference with Joe Biden. And, you know, for an, just like we're talking about the Stones, for an 80-whatever-year-old man, he was keeping a lot of facts straight. That was one of the things I didn't mention to you, that his ability to understand, you know, global politics on a level way beyond me, but still, he, he, he's, he's, he did really, really well for a man his age. But I kept thinking, what would a man or a woman, because Dan, women can do things now, too. Yeah. What would that, what would a younger person have sounded like? Because he definitely sounds like everyone's grandpa. He does. Yeah, I mean, that's an issue that's not going away. No. And part of that problem, too, is... As crazy as he is, as sickening as he is, abhorrent as he is, Donald Trump, just three years younger, just sounds a lot sharper. He does. He's just got a better presentation. He doesn't. He's still got some energy behind him. Yeah, energy and sharpness to him that and the sharpness is totally misdirected. He's crazy. (laughs) That's right. I'd rather have the old man than the crazy man. But the problem is anybody that wants to use the age thing as an issue with Biden, they can point to Trump and you can't really argue from that perspective. All right. Dan Duran will return a little bit later after he goes canoeing. Cross fingers crossed that he comes back. He doesn't have an aneurysm or something in the middle of a lake. Uh, also, we're uh, going to have our friend Bernard Fraser on in the next few minutes. In the meantime, let's talk about these fine folks, Frederick. Hey, Boda are Excuse me, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. They are the first up today. Canada's uh, number one group benefits plan for small business. If you have a small business, go to chamberplan.ca today. Get all the information you need about what they have to offer for small business. I mean, all the plans available, uh, what it will cost you. Um, the, the breadth of the coverage is quite amazing for the cost. It really is for a small business because, again, a lot of small business people think they can't even go there. It's too expensive. Well, that's not the case. Uh, dental and prescriptions and all the basic stuff you would come to expect and some therapies. Well, they have a mental health uh component now hr uh again i keep using the word progressive they are they stay ahead of the curve to make it uh well worth the money for a small business so go to chamberplan.ca today and uh find out what it's all about for your small business all right this is about time to get you into an electric vehicle and here's how we're going to do it um visit rentelectric.ca and uh, they have all the information. Here's the thing. When I, I've been talking to other people over there. And I said, it would be so great if we could get our audience into an electric vehicle. Just somebody to try it out. And so for the next month or so, depending on how many days we're going to do this, send an email, humbleandfred at humbleandfredradio.com. 
And just all the all we need is the subject line to say rent electric for a chance to win a free weekend EV rental. That's right. We're going to let you take one of these cars. It doesn't have to be. It may not be a Tesla. It could be a Chevrolet, a Nissan. There's all kinds of options. So just Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. Put Rent Electric in the subject line. In the meantime, if you want to rent uh, an EV, we're also going to give you a voucher for $40 off your first EV rental. Uh, Use the voucher Humble EV to get $40 off. Give these people a call. 1-800-387-9391. You know, if you're a business owner and you want to offer an EV car sharing service to your employees or clients, you can do so. There are hourly and daily rentals available. And as I say, for the next month or so, because I really, really want you guys, I, I, it's... I got to tell you, I've uh, it's it's changed how I think about driving, and it's changed how I feel about driving. And you, I want, I just need you guys to get into these cars because I think if well, you've had a chance to drive it. It, it does. It, once you've had it for the weekend, it'll change your perspective. So here you go, humble and Fred mm, at humbleandfredradio.com. <laughs> Sorry, mm. uh, mm. uh, just put in uh, rent electric in the subject line, okay? Yeah. Um, back to music for a second. Aerosmith was supposed to play the Scotiabank Arena tonight, but they are not because Steven Tyler has injured his vocal cords. And again, you talk about age. He's got to be in his 70s, wouldn't he? Absolutely. So you just think the way they're still performing and their style of music, he's still bringing it. And it's yeah. almost like, yeah, I can understand how he can injure his vocal cords. Anyway, it's been rescheduled for February. So a lot of Aerosmith fans uh, disappointed. Hey. The show's not happening tonight. Another band that I never really cared for, but you got to respect them. Another uh, guy that's been canceling shows, Springsteen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's his problem? <laughs> You know, I, when I brought it up, I, I thought I read it somewhere, mm-hmm. and I've already forgotten. But I, um, it, it is the age, sure, of people we're dealing with now. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah, he's. Uh, it was. I, I just read it online a couple of days ago. So, yeah, they're all cancel. They're all canceling shows. Because <laughs> we're gonna have a flurry soon. Oh yeah, of of uh, you know, rock and roll royalty that's gonna go in the next decade well yeah i mean anyway our boy uh, mccartney can't uh he's not uh, oh he's just not. think of the day he dies it's gonna be like i can't imagine the tributes and no you know same with jagger the day he go it, it's almost when you look at Mick Jagger, you think he can't die like look at him look at his age and look at his physical ability and then you look he at can't, he can't die and then you look at keith richards and you think how is he not dead yeah, exactly. He looks dead. Mm-hmm. All right, let's uh, get our friend. Uh, let's get our friend Bernard Fraser in and comfortable. Such a nice man, really. So you know what? I don't care. He's one of those people, Bernard Fraser, that you just no one has a bad word about him. Nobody has a bad word about Bernard Fraser. Okay, just know that. Does anybody call you Bernie? Um, in my childhood. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, same with me. I was like, for a while there, I was Howie as a kid, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I morphed out of it, and then I, I, when I went from Howie to Bernard, people often call me Bernard. Um, for, um, for many, as I said at the beginning of the show, uh, for many years, Bernard and I and Dan, we all worked together at CTV, and then Bernard uh, has popped on the program from time to time with his band Church of Trees. Um, this is not your first time with us, but we, and, and, and you guys, am I wrong here, Bernard? Seven albums? Yeah, that's right. Describe Church of Trees for people who have not heard you on this program. Uh, it's, um, the sound is sort of akin to early 80s synth pop. I uh, think Depeche Mode, Gary Newman, uh, OMD, that sort of thing. So we're trying to sort of take from that early sound and add some more contemporary sounds. It says here, Fred, that their albums have been played on four continents and have landed on top ten charts on college and independent radio in Canada, the UK, France, and Switzerland, where they love that kind of thing. You know, they're very... (laughs) (laughs) As well as, check this out, best of album charts for the years 2017, 18, 20, 2021, and 2022. Do you make money from this? No. <laughs> no, I was going to say, like, is this passion or business? Because nowadays to make money as a band, you got to tour. And yeah. you don't have time to tour, do you? Well, we're trying to. Um, okay. But uh, no, it's, I mean, primarily passion, Fred. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. uh, um, I wouldn't be doing it this long, uh, you know, and losing money if, uh, if I hated it. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's all about the passion. Well, and listen, you're younger than we are, but... Uh, you know, <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> we were just what, what you would have heard. Well, what you'll hear if you listen to the show is we were talking a lot about the passing of Jimmy Buffett and yep. the Rolling Stones' new song. Fred just mentioned Aerosmith had to cancel because of a, a you know Stephen Tyler's voice. Springsteen's canceled some shows. What are your thoughts about you know the the cohort of musicians that are sort of facing the end and continuing to make music though? I mean. You know, the Stones put together a record at age 80 that isn't, you know, isn't terrible. Well, power to them, you know. I mean, I'm getting along in age and, uh, you know, I want to keep doing this as long as I can. And uh, if they're able to spit it out at age 80, why the hell not? You know, and that's something they've pushed back on. And it always bothered me, that whole thing. Oh, why do the Stones give it up? Or take anybody that's been around for decades. Oh, why don't they just give it up? Their time's done. No. As long as you, if you've got that creative thing in you and you want to produce stuff, why not? You wouldn't ask Picasso to stop painting at age eight, right? (laughs) Well, this is it. You don't want to listen to it. Don't listen to it. But it's got the fact that they should stop is ridiculous, I think. Yeah, I agree. And you started this. So are you still, what is your regular job if you still have one? Uh, I used to be a tech writer, and uh, I got downsized back in 2020. Uh, all of the tech writing jobs at my company went to uh, India. And um, I thought, what a perfect opportunity to dive in even more deeply uh, to music. So I've been really focused on music. I'm, I'm also my, my 94-year-old mother's primary caregiver. Oh, so there's oh, that. Fantastic. So when your company came to you and said, uh, Bernard, we want you to move to Delhi, you said no. <laughs> they Sorry. didn't offer me that option, sadly. <laughs> oh, they did no. So, so because you were doing this, you were doing Church of Tree stuff before your downsizing. Yeah. Um. So let's talk about the and and 
and you put out and these are all digital downloads and, and and how do you gauge success i mean obviously there's a lot of accolades and and you're getting a lot of good uh critical review but are is there anything coming back i know i keep harping on the money but is there anything <laughs> you sound like my wife <laughs> is there any money <laughs> that's right bernard is there any money in this <laughs> yeah, no, the thing is, I, I, I have to sort of divorce myself from the concept of this as a money making thing, because it's not about the money. For me, I have been writing music ever since I can remember. Right. You know, my grade two picture, I'm playing air guitar to the Beatles. She loves you. Music has always been there and it's always been a vital part of me. Um, and I'm not ever going to stop. So I'm going to keep churning it out until I until I drop dead if i don't make dollar one i don't really care okay uh, measure of success is you know are we getting played am, am i doing my job in terms of uh, uh marketing this to uh, the independent radio stations the campus stations around the world and am i getting it played and are they liking it and when i see them on the you know on the top 10 charts when i see them playing it then then that's my measure of success yeah well and that's got to be so satisfying because you know i mean there's a lot of hard things to do in life right a song is right near the top of the list. I mean, I could write a song today, but it would suck to write a song that people accept and actually enjoy. Has got to forget. You're right. Forget money. It's just got to make you feel good because it's not easy to do that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I would consider it difficult because it's something that just kind of flows from me. And right. I think a lot of artists will share that sentiment. Um, but it's the, the hard part really is after the song is done, after it's recorded, after we've either printed a CD or we've put it on a USB key or we're just leaving it as a digital download, it's getting it out, that, getting it out to the radio stations, getting it to the people. That's the hard part. Um, in 2021, you uh, did a record called Worlds of Bitch with rock legend Carol Pope. Mm. Um, am I, and there's a whole bunch of information here, but so I'm going to play a little bit of this. I've actually, we've played it before. It's very good. How did that come to be? Like, you must have had, you've got, a, that shows me that there's a lot of credibility in what you do because someone like Carol Pope isn't going to, you know, sign on with you. But I want to make sure I don't get the, the remix with uh, the Spoons, Rob Prouse or Pruce. So maybe you could tell that story and then I'll play a little bit of the song. Yeah, sure. I've been working with Rob Pruce for a number of years. Uh, back to our second album, The Dark and the Light, in 2018, um, I had reached out to an old friend of mine, Jim Witter from Hamilton, uh, to ask him if he wanted to collaborate on some songs, because I was really itching to collaborate with, with other people. And he said, well, I'd love to, but you should probably get together with my pal Rob. And I said, Rob who? And he said, Rob Proust. I said, Rob Proust of The Spoons and Honeymoon Suite and <laughs> Mama Mia and blah, blah, blah. And he said, yeah. So he connected us. Uh, Rob and I hit it off immediately and started writing together. So we've been writing together. He's been doing remixes for me ever since then. And I knew he had been working with Carol Pope. Uh, he'd been producing songs for her. He'd been co-writing with her, playing with her, etc. And in the back of my mind, I always thought, Gee, wouldn't it be cool if he mm. just suddenly said, hey, why don't we connect you with Carol? Mm. And one day, it was in December of, of 2020, in fact, um, and COVID was in, uh, you know, we, were, we were in what the third wave of COVID at that time. And he said, you know, you should probably write a song for Carol. So I 
seized the opportunity. I, within two days, I think I'd written two. I sent uh, I recorded uh, Worlds of Bitch, went into the studio, put my kind of uh, faux Carol impersonation uh, in the vocals and sent it to Rob. And he said, I love it. I'm going to send it to her right now. And within a day, she had responded she'd love to sing the song. Wow. And within a week, I was at my buddy uh, Jody Calero Studio Orange Lounge on Queen Street in Toronto producing Carol Pope. It was amazing. I bet. I guess. Wow. Um, that, what's she up to these days? Does she even? Does she live in Canada? Didn't I hear she was in Los Angeles doing stuff or whatever? And she's primarily in New York City now. Right. Okay. She's working on um, a musical called Rough Trade, the musical, but it's about her brother Howard, uh, who was uh, uh, he lived in New York City and was very. Um, uh, integral to the the ACT UP movement, who um, the organization was trying to get uh, AIDS drugs to AIDS to victims, and so it's it's more about that, but it's sort of surrounded with rough trade music and Carol Pope music. Uh, but she also got uh, she's going to be inducted into the uh, Canada's Walk uh, Hall, yeah, Walk of Fame, yeah. The, the Walk Hall of Fame or yes whatever, the Walk right? Hall. Well, it's the Walk um, of Fame I know what you're talking Walk about Walk of Fame there yes. we go so and yeah again not to sound like Mrs. Fraser but so do you have to pay <laughs> Carol Pope does Carol Pope do it for free uh, she did okay she did we well I mean we we split uh, the royalties on on the song obviously you know because uh, even though I wrote the song well she she added a word or two but even though I primarily wrote the song I'm not gonna you know get Carol Pope involved in this without giving her a piece of the pie no exactly well I'll tell you avoid Freud one of my favorite albums yeah. of yeah. all time I mean high school confidential it's a great record Still, when I hear that song it sends sh- it does it sends shivers up my spine well I have a listen to this so much have a listen to to uh, Carol Pope with Bernard Fraser's Church of Trees. Church of Trees, world's a bitch. Two guesses to figure out who that was. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and when you so when you're writing that song, like what you said a bit earlier, right? I mean, you think of Carol Pope. Just got it's just got that drive and that Carol Pope feel. Well, not only that, when we talked about when you describe the music of the '80s and that synth pop, it, it, yeah. it immediately puts you back in that place. But actually, better produced. If you know what I mean, like it's it's mm-hmm. meteor production. Because a lot of that synth pop of the early '80s was a little bit light, whereas yeah. I, I love the, the the whole Church of Trees sound. It's got like a more of a an attack on it. So, yeah, that must have been fun to do. It was in, it was a lot of fun, and the best part for me was not 
I mean, it was a lot of fun getting, getting Carol in the studio, and we have sort of grown our a friendship over the past couple of years because of that, which is incredible. But it was having Carol's voice in my head while I was writing the song. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am a longtime Rough Trade mm-hmm. fan. I started listening to, I started going to Rough Trade concerts in the 70s. Um, oh, when they played bars, so did I. I was yeah. many a night downtown at a rough yeah. trade um, this is before i even worked at cfny yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so i had her voice firmly in mind and when i was writing the lyrics i was envisioning i was listening to her voice and making sure that the the cadence was right mm-hmm. and the inflections were right that it would match her so that when she came into the studio to sing it it was seamless you know she just out of the box she nailed it well, this is. Uh, I was going to say, still that, hobnob with Kevin Staples. Is he still yeah. in the picture? On the, oh, oh yeah, yeah. They're they are actually playing as Rough Trade uh, a, a number of dates. Um, oh. In fact, they were. <laughs> I had asked her to join us on stage at the Elmo this Saturday, but she's in North Bay mm. for uh, North Bay Pride. Rough Trade is playing there, so Excellent. her and Kevin have been doing a, a number of dates. I was going to say that actually, you know we as, opened for them last year actually. As soon as you hear this song, again it puts you know I, I when I. Just Join CFNY. This was already a hit, and uh, every time you play it, it's just you could just from the moment it starts, you know it's a hit. And there's again, her voice sounds very similar to uh, your recording of uh, "Worlds a Bitch." Mm-hmm. We were in the studio, and uh, I was coaching her to get a certain type of performance out of her. And uh, she stopped, and she looked at me, and she said, "Oh, you want '80s Carol?" <laughs> That's right. <laughs> And we got 80s here. Yeah, you did. Well, as Bernard mentioned there, and I was going to, because, you know, you've you've produced me well. Uh, the, uh, the Church of Trees will be performing at the historic El Macombo on Saturday, <clears throat> September 16th. That's this Saturday. Uh, the... Uh, Actually, it's funny because Freddie and I were uh, recording there in the spring as part of a CFNY documentary. And uh, the new uh, Elmo is pretty sweet there, my friend. Uh, What exactly happens at a Church of Trees performance? Uh, well, we're not, we're, we won't have all of the bells and whistles. Um, usually we come with uh, uh, our own light show and uh, we have uh, videos playing and uh fog and smoke and oh, nice. lasers and things, but we won't be bringing that to the Elmo because they've got their own uh, um, box of goodies there, so we're, we're looking forward to what we can unleash there. I'm not really sure what kind of goodies they've got, but I've heard it's pretty spectacular. So, um, But we're going to be doing an hour show. Uh, we're going to be going back to all of the albums. Um, we will certainly be playing Worlds of Bitch. And uh, a number of other songs. So, but what I'm getting at, beside all that, so it's like what what because a lot of this is done by you. You know, it's all you know in studio. But what what exactly compromises the band? Like, is there you with a a, a synthesizer? There's a lot of technology, Howard. Um, I'm I'm playing synths. Um, I am triggering all kinds of technology. We've got a guitar player. We have a couple of other singers. So it's uh, we're, we're a four piece at this point. Um, hopefully, going to be adding uh, drums at some point as well. But uh, for the Elmo on Saturday night, it'll be a four piece. Uh, me on uh, synths, technology, vocals. Uh, Bob Prendergast on guitar. Stella Panacci on vocals, and an incredible vocalist. And Heather. Brezzo, another uh, 
fabulous vocalists. So we'll all be doing our bit. All right, man. Well, listen, congratulations and uh, much success to you. You know, Fred and I were talking at the beginning of the show. We don't really have, we don't really do this anymore. We don't, you know, often have sort of different, we don't do a lot of musical interviews, but because you're such a nice person, you know, we wanted to. And uh, again, you know what I'm talking about, Fred? He's such a nice buzz off Bernard. We should just have him on every once in a while. He's a prince. He's, He's a very a nice man. You guys are lovely. We are. <laughs> Always enjoyed working with you back in the day. I don't think you remember, Fred, but I brought you and Howard on uh, the I on Toronto show back in 94 with Lynn Elioff and Robin Ward. Wow. Oh, probably. A couple yeah, of times. Remember. And we also had you at a, an inline skating event um, back right. in the day. Too. Bernard, we're extremely old now. Bernard, I don't know if you realize that. Did I not that. pitch a show to you once, too, about stadiums? With, did, anyway. Maybe you not. Might, you, you may have. I don't remember. Mm, right. I'm sorry. All right. I love games like this. Did I not <laughs> once say to you, we should do a show, and then we were on I in Toronto. Uh, Bernard Fraser, Church of Trees at uh, the Elmo on Saturday. Uh, tickets are available where, sir? Uh, Elmacombo.com. All right. Elmacombo.com. Uh, all the best to you, young man. Thank you so much, guys. appreciate it. Yeah, my Thanks, pleasure. Bernard. Our pleasure. Take care. There he is. Just let yourself you know, out. Enjoy your day. Okay, thanks. Ba, 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 ba. You know, Howard, back in the, again, prior, in my teen years, you know, Friday, Saturday nights, Friday or Saturday, you'd just go down to Young Street and we'd go into bars. And Carol Pope was one of those bands that, uh, or Rough Trade, that we sort of followed. And That's very I cool. I remember one night she came out in a, this white tight blouse with no bra on and you could see her. Hmm? You can actually see her nipples piercing through. <laughs> I thought you were going to say, I was going. I would have bet money you were going to say you could see her Nipsey Russells. <laughs> you could see her Nipsey yeah. Russells. And again, it was just I was young in my teens, and she was just so raw and energetic, and we loved the music and just her presentation, and just hard to believe that's pushing fifty years ago. Jesus. Oh, well, listen, you're still a young man. There's lots of time left to go downtown and you know dance around. <laughs> um, I definitely, we definitely need to solve this problem. By the way, because I can tell that, uh, yeah, you're not hearing me. She, you know, there's something, something's going on in this interchange. Yes, when we both talk, it, you sort of clip out. I think the solution today will just totally get rid of that whole uh, Zoom program and just. You know what I mean? Dump it and then re-download um, it or something. Try that. Maybe there's an update or something we're not aware of or whatever. But you know what I'm saying? Sometimes you got to do that on your phone to delete an app and then bring it back yeah. and it's it's fine. Because it's just started out of nowhere. Uh, mm-hmm. But let's uh, well, we'll have a quick uh, chat after. And uh, in the meantime, let's... Uh let me just get something here for you. Let me get something for you. There's an, um, I'm not going to play it. We're not going to do the email right now, but there was a listener who said, why do you guys play music underneath the commercials? And uh, I don't know. Um, mainly, I think, to differentiate between us just doing our regular nonsense and serious sponsor stuff. So, for instance, here's Fred. Uh, Tim Niblett is a portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Tim will be by tomorrow. And uh, he says it's time for another visual capitalist chart. Okay? 
and it's all about your retirement. Where can you afford to retire? Do you need to Sherpa size, you know, downsize the home to realize some capital? Is there a better place for you to live financially? Is there a better place for you to live for your physical health? All the things that you have to think about as you become a young man in your 70s. Okay. Uh, he's the retirement Sherpa. He's Tim Niblett. Uh, he'll be by tomorrow. Boron One is advancing the next world-class boron project in the heart of Europe. They'll be a significant supplier of boron, a critical element in the current global decarbonization effort. Boron One's low-cost, high-grade, arsenic-free resource is unrivaled globally. The rapid and steep growth in demand for borats will establish Boron One as an important source for the market. What does that mean to you? Go check it out at boron1.com. Have your Sherpa check it out. Have our Sherpa check it out as a uh, maybe part of your portfolio. Again, we're not recommending it. We're just saying this is their story, assisting in the decarbonization of the planet, as well as we've been trying to tell you that boron is everywhere in everything, including a huge part of electric vehicles. And that's isn't a bad thing to be part of. Go check it out at boron1.com. Carol Pope is 77 years old. Very young. Very, very young. Very young. Very young. Young woman. woman. You know that CFOI reunion? It was 2003. That's 20 years ago now. Jesus Christ, man. Uh, they performed that night. What a thrill that was. She was only 57 then. Uh, yeah, 57. That seems very young now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, you imagine, you know, 1990s Humble and Fred, some of the stuff we played earlier this show, what those two guys would have thought of this conversation. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I was... That, that by the way, 1990, I was 30. Fred was 34. We would have mocked this endlessly in our squeaky, high-pitched young boys, young boys' voices. Eh, listen to those old guys. Yeah, it is. Why don't they give it up? Why don't Humble and Fred just give it up? Yeah, when are they going to hang it up? By the way, I have a couple questions about the Bills game last night, which they lost. I only made it through the first half. I was just beat, and I was going to text you around... I don't know, halfway through the first quarter, I was going to text you and say, is Josh Allen not playing in this game? Mm. That was the worst. I didn't, I didn't see the second half, which they lost to the Jets. It was the worst game I've seen him play. Oh, it was horrible. It just was three interceptions, and he fumbled, and just some bad decisions, and uh, could not get the offense going. I mean, the Jets, you know, apparently have a, this great defense. Well, it was on display last night against the Bills. That's for sure. And they did it because going into this game, right, Aaron Rodgers, it was going to be his first regular season game of the Jets. And everybody was just so pumped. And he's out of the game, like, I think in the first sequence. Or four, whatever, four, he took four snaps yeah. and then did something to his Achilles. So that other quarterback the Jets have, Wilson or whatever his name is, I don't know. Um yeah, so he beat them last night. Not good. Not good. Now, I'm not it's, uh, uh, the... It's pro- it tough to watch. I watched it right to the end. I'm not the prognosticator that you are when it comes to the NFL, but I can tell you this. 
You know what it looked like to me? And I've been watching a lot more of the Bills the last couple of years, last year especially. Well, I mean, well, there you go. I was actually, I made a point of watching that game last night. It looks like people have figured Josh Allen out. Well, there might be some that do that, Howard. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, they, I think what they do is they they know they can force him into bad decisions. Like there was a couple of interceptions last night. Oh, he should have just thrown the ball out of bounds or just ate it. Like, but he thinks he can make that spectacular play when it's not there. Because he does on on many occasions, including that first touchdown, he does make spectacular plays. Yes. That was amazing. But mm-hmm. there was a lot of times in the towards the end of the second half where it just looks like he didn't have the space he used to have. He's not running like he did. People are closing up those lanes. See all the terms I'm using? But uh, mm-hmm. it, does, it does look like they're, they figured out something about him, or at least that defense did. Yeah. No, I mean, that's a big thing in sports, right? You react. It's like the Blue Jays, you know? They have five series against shitty teams, and they go 10-5, and five and everybody's happy. It's not the greatest. And then last night against Texas, a legitimate team that's been in a big slump, they fall. They falter. Like, they lose 10-3. You know, the Jays have been figured out by good teams. Jays can't beat good teams. Mm. They just they can't hit good pitching. Like, it's obvious. And uh, it's sad, but that's the truth. And it gets back to what you just said. They've been figured out. The Blue Jays, their hitters, um, as that Kevin Barker says, who's on Sports uh, Sportsnet five ninety. Um, they're easy to pitch to. It happens in sports, and I, I think you've nailed it with Josh Allen as well. You know, they they know his tendencies and they defense it. Well, yeah. Now it's whatever year it is in the NFL for Josh Allen, and, and not, some of the novelties obviously worn off, and defenses have now built. Mm-hmm. You know, ways to counteract what he's doing because he just looked like he was jammed up a lot last night. Well, Howard, remember the last game they played of meaning was last year in the playoffs against Cincinnati. It was similar to yeah. last night. Just a horrible game that just never got going. Yeah. I remember that game ended and it was like, what did I just watch? What What happened to the team that we've grown to love, me and Howie? He just it wasn't there. And last night it was just like a continuance of that. Couple quick questions. The who's the kid who got injured that we all talked about? For I can't remember his name. Oh, uh, Demar Hamlin. Did he play? No. Is he going to play? Uh, apparently, yes. But he didn't. He didn't dress last. Okay. Night. He played in uh, the preseason games. Um, the Davis is good. I like him. Can't remember his first name. But here's a question I had about uh, something I heard on the game, which is they were playing at the MetLife stadium Mm -hmm. and they had commented during one of the plays that it had been used for a bunch of different things over the course of four or five days and how amazing it was that they had stripped it down and turned it into from a concert into a why were the giants playing there in their game the night before the jets played there explain that to me well, they share the stadium. I didn't know that. Thank you. Oh, yeah. They share that. Like uh, the Chargers and the Rams share SoFi in Los Angeles. Okay. So the Jets and Giants have shared that stadium, even the previous one. Um, MetLife is new. It used to be Giant Stadium just across the parking lot. They've shared it for years. 
Well, I'm sorry if I seem stupid for not knowing that, mm-hmm. but I did not know that. There, there is a great trivia question you can nail people with, Howie. Okay. Say to them, how many NFL teams play in the state of New York? And people will go, well, Jets, Giants, Bills. Three. And you go, no, no, no. One. And they go, what? What do you mean, one? Jets, Giants, Bills. I'm sorry. The Jets and Giants <laughs> play in New Jersey. Okay. Nail them. Oh, you got them. Nail them. <laughs> I loved your little play you just put on there. Mm-hmm. What do you mean? <laughs> um, well, I'm sorry again if I seem stupid, but I didn't know that. I will say it was impressive. When they do the high shot of that stadium, it holds 85,000 people. You know, we're all used to big stadiums, the Dome or whatever, holding 55, 60. But when you see that overhead shot from high above that stadium and it's three tiers going up to the top, it's pretty impressive. Yeah, so um, Sunday night. It uh, Dallas against the Giants. Dallas blew them out. The Giants forty to nothing. And then the next night, um, I don't know if they did that back to back nights because nine eleven because everybody was wearing the, the the firefighter and the police hats, the ball caps, the coaches and whatever. But yeah, within twenty four hours. And the thing is, they change it from a Giants stadium with blue trim and all the Giants logos mm-hmm. to the Jets stadium where it's all green trim and the Jets logo. Not that that's a major accomplishment, but it's interesting it's something. to see what they do with the stadiums. You know, they're talking about people yeah. you know, starting at four in the morning to change the field over and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, it's I think it's impressive because think about the, the, the mechanics of it. Uh, and speaking of 9-11, this is a thanks for the segue here. You know, and again, I know we're ramping up the Trump talk, and we have certainly before we went away for our little break there. But everything, I'm about to play you a 25-second clip of Donnie Trump on September 11th. Everything you want, everything you need to know about Donald Trump is summed up in this clip. Have a listen. Donald, uh, you have one of the landmark buildings down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center. Hold on a second. This clip is, uh, why did my, inter- is my internet going out? It's so funny. I've had this clip, you know, lined up all morning. Here we go. District 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage or did you know what, what's happened down there? Well, it was an amazing phone call I made. 40 Wall Street actually was the second tallest building in downtown Manhattan. And, and it was actually before the World Trade Center. Okay, I apologize. For some reason, this... Uh, so basically, what he's about to say is... I'm going to just see if I can get it one more time. But basically, what he's about to say is that literally at the end of this clip, he says, well, I guess now my building's the tallest one in downtown Manhattan. That was his reaction. Yeah, I know. Kind of. You know, and this has been going on for decades with this guy. And that's the scariest, very uh, scary part. Like, he's been exposed for decades what he's all about, and this half that country is still being we are having in and wants to be part of that. It's just, yeah. who would have thought the, the United States of America 
in those numbers could get sucked in and go down this path. Wow, it's it's amazing. Yeah, I, I'm just trying to find the clip again. You know, I, I uh, there's so much, but that unfortunately, I've again I've had that clip lined up for a, quite a while. And I can't I can't believe it didn't it's work. Too bad. Um, because I thought, oh, I got, I got to play this for Fred. He won't believe it. Yeah, literally, the first reaction Donald Trump had was now it looks... So I guess now I've got the tallest building in downtown Manhattan. Here, and that see. was what? That was just days after the actual... It happened, right? Here, let me try it one more time. Uh, so that's his mindset. Yeah. Down in the financial district, 40 Wall Street. Uh, did you have any damage? No, it's not going to... For some reason, it keeps going to a different clip. But, but basically, that's what it was. That was on 9-11. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, all about him. And, you know, the grifting. And it. even now, it's all about him. No issues. No... Just all about him. Fuck the Constitution. Screw the courts. Like, all about him. And he's still got these followers. In the millions. Crazy. Yeah, it is the craziest thing we've ever witnessed in our lifetime. Well, it's what you said to me the other day, you know. I mean, again, it's the Hitler thing. The way he's sucking people in the way Hitler did. And it's like, we've seen this in history. Even other countries in recent history. You know, far-right guys have taken control of countries. And Mm -hmm. it never ends well. And... You think, you know, you just think Americans would be a little more savvy. They're just going right down that path. And they have all this history to draw from, and they're not seeing it. How dumb are they? How dumb are they? And, and if you're not fascinated by it, and you think we talk too much about it, I get it. You know, it might be a bunch. Because it, it's, it's so unpleasant and weird. But that's part of our fascination. That it, it's just, I mean, I and just for your, for the audience's sake... You know, I, I call Fred, and you and I talk about this, even when we're not doing this show. Just so people mm-hmm. don't think it's just we're doing this as a, you know, something to, to fill time. You know, the stereotypical Trumper. I listened to a podcast, Bob McCallan's podcast the other day, and Bob still isn't back. He's not well enough to do his podcast. Uh, John Shannon was hosting it, and he had Ron McClain on. And, you know... Shannon asked about Don Cherry, asked Ron, so what's your relationship? And he said, oh, we still talk from time to time. But then he he went on to say, like, even when things were perfect between them, they were such different people. And then Ron went on to say the way he used to have to sit there and listen to Don go on about how much he loved Donald Trump. And I thought, you know, again, that's all you need to know. That's the mind, the type of mind that that Donald Trump draws in. And from what I can gather, he's still a Trumper. He still thinks that that's the way the U.S. should go. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, you know, look at look at Don Cherry. I mean, yeah, popular. Everybody loved him and everything. But seriously, all the stupid things he said over the years and all the predictable nonsense that he would spew. I get tired of him towards the end. But I thought, there you go. There you go. Don Cherry. He loves Donald Trump. Yeah. Well, and and I'm, I've, I've, I've tried to reach out to a few people, right-wing people on Twitter, to see if I could get them to come on the show. Because I just really have this fantasy. And then again, not you and I screaming at somebody like we did with Chris Skye. 
but just to have a conversation like like I follow a bunch of these people and then I go into the comments and I try and find somebody like a Midwestern you know television producer and they always have again not to be completely cliche but they always have something in their bio that says this Christian something you know what I mean it always starts with Jesus and, and, I, and I know I'm can be a little anti-religious because I am, but I'm not kidding. Most of the people that I go and see if we could maybe have a conversation with always starts with something to do with religion. Right. But, you know, to be, I I don't even want to say fair, but to be sort of analytical, um, it's one thing to have, like Trump's actually leading in the polls. So you think 300 million people in the country, let's just say raw numbers, 150 million back Trump. I know that's, you know, children and all that. But I'm just saying, half the country. You have to ask the question, why? You know what I mean? Those numbers, this isn't some little faction over here where you can look at, you know, a few million people and go, hey, they're fucked up. Like, what's their deal? And talk to them. Roughly half the country supports this. And you have to ask why. What has happened up until now that that many people have bought into that? Why? Well, I said that to you the week before we left. I said, you know, sometimes I get going on this and I think, well, that would be yeah. an interesting, we should, maybe somebody should tell us because from where we all sit, and it's, I know what you're saying, it's not 150 million people, it's 75, it's of registered yeah. voters, some half of registered voters. The, the, he's leading in such uh, um, dominance. It's ridiculous, really. And you think, well, well there, there must be a reason. And, you know, we've got over some of them. But that's why I said I, I, I really try a couple times uh, every so often. I've tried to reach out to some people to get them on the show, but I don't think they would do it. Well, and, and you go, why? And then then you scratch below the surface a bit and you go, well, so much of that support is religious. And those evangelicals are very intolerant people. They just are. Yeah. You know, they love their religion and their God and fuck everybody else and a lot of them are white nationalists and extremists and it's what the scary part is it's that they're they have those numbers in the united states yeah you're right it's not we're not we're not just talking about this little pocket over here we're talking about roughly half the people that can cast ballots in the united states have bought in from what we can understand and shamelessly, and by the way, that's the thing. It's yeah. it's it's, mm-hmm. it's so it's so predominant and so um, pervasive, and and it's so pervasive in their politicians as well. That's the part that I can't get my head around. How many people continue to support them, even though like Tucker Carlson, even though we know on in the in behind the scenes there's there's um, audio and there's uh, text from him talking about what a fucking dick he thinks Trump Trump is, but he still supports him. That's the most incredible thing. The fact that they are to the public this public facing idea that they still support this maniac. Yeah. Anyway. Well, supporting maniacs. Even when I see people, oh, I miss Tucker. I love Tucker. Last week he has this con man on. Oh, I know. The Obama claims to have had sex with Barack Obama. And and done cocaine with him. And done coke with him. Right? Back before he was president, back in the 80s or whatever. And it's like people are all over this. You do believe Barack Obama had sex with this man and did cocaine. That bothers them. They want to make a big thing out of that two consenting adults, if it even happened. Yeah. Two consenting adults doing that bothers them 
But this man over here raping a woman. Well, that's okay. Well, yeah, it's fine. Let's shove that. <laughs> Paying a porn Let's star. And that didn't happen. Yeah. Raped a woman, paid a porn star, etc. Listen, I, I, there was an article I read or I saw. I wanted to send it to you about a guy talking about why. How his his business was devastated by Trump not paying him. There are mm-hmm. thousands of those stories. Yeah. Um, Dan Duran is back, and uh, that's uh, great news. Now I know but anyway, that Tucker thing was just so despicable. It's that Spanish like that's what you've become, Tucker. Yeah. This is how you're going to get viewers on X or whatever the fuck they're calling it now. But here's a uh, email I wanted to bring up. Even though it's not email day I think email day today uh, This week we're going to go back uh, Because we're working Thursdays again We will go back to making a a big part of the Thursday show Our email show Because grandpa and grandpa are not coming on We're not doing Fridays Sorry, that's never going to happen But this one, I wanted to remind everybody That we're in the middle of a contest Least we forget This email uh, subject line Ball taint an ass contest. Oh, nice. Yes, I forgot. <laughs> I know. Uh, this is from uh, Bill who says, uh, Hi, guys. Oh, shit. Sorry. He says, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. He says, Hi, guys. Hi, guys. All right. Uh, Lucka, I love the show. And Trump talk. Huh? There you go. Looking forward to the ball taint and ass contest. May you go where no man has explored before. Dan's taint. <laughs> uh, P.S. Dope Sick is such a great show. Yeah, I did. I, I watched the whole thing. He says, hang in there and complete it. It's eye-opening. Definitely one of my faves. I recommend that. Now that it's uh, video watching season for you, I would watch Dope Sick. Uh, it's really good. Get your kid, get Danny to get it for you. Mm-hmm. Anyway, well, so our, for you people who don't know, Dan, we have pledged, Fred and I have pledged, to stay away from any references, uh, double entendres, uh, puns, jokes, uh, riddles, limericks, songs. <laughs> limericks. <laughs> you know, there once was a na- man named Dan. <laughs> yeah, I you know, that type of thing. Could lose this. Exactly. Uh, about anything to do with your uh, manhood, your giant wang. Can I even say that and still be in the contest? I can because yeah, I'm describing because I'm describing the contest. Yeah, but you didn't need to say what you just said. What could I have said? Well, when you said, and again, don't hold me to this. I'm not losing. When you say giant wang, see, you didn't need to say that. When you said, you know, your manhood or Dan's. But once you go giant wang, now you're starting to flirt with where we're not supposed to go. Fucking so sue me. Well, fuck, figure it out. Fucking figure you know, somebody 50 bucks pretty soon here. Just in explaining. I'm just guy. explaining the rules. You didn't of the have con- to say giant way. Okay. But I was doing it as part of the explanation of this okay. contest. So anyway, that's if you're new to the show, that's where we're at. But we can talk about his asshole, his balls, or in his taint. That's fair. Well, I guess. Although we really haven't spent a lot of time doing that yet. <laughs> I've right. got to research some good ball jokes. Yeah, do so. Do that. Why don't you... Uh, now, what, how... When, okay, but to be clear... Ball research. When we do talk about his balls, ball his asshole, or Best his taint... Jokes. <laughs> 
when we talk about those things, what, how can we, you know, is it just in the same thing, like limericks and jokes and songs and poems and things? What are you asking? Well, how do we talk about those things without getting close to Dan's penis? Well, I don't know. That's where we'll be put to the test. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I that's excellent. One of us is going to slip and deny that we did, and then it's going to have to go out to the listeners, the listenership, and then we'll decide, you know, who owes who 50 bucks. Oh, it sounds like a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. Say what I... This is because it's fall season. This is what's. This is our. <laughs> this is getting our, serious. This, this is, is our, our fall promotion. This is our big fall promotion. You imagine. You, you imagine, can't give money away. You imagine though, like because for people again, what people should know about the radio industry is sometime in early uh, August uh, we get into these meetings about what we're going to do in the fall, what the big contests, and in our case, it was Humble and Fred's really tough contest or other various promotions that we did. You imagine this meeting. You know, somebody comes into a boardroom. Okay, guys, here's what here's the big contest. Okay, you guys, mm-hmm. well, try not to talk about Dan's dick, but you can mm-hmm. talk about his balls, ass, and his taint. Okay, any questions? <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. And the, all the other announcers uh, would be in there, and they would be given like promo cards. Come tomorrow morning. Listen to Humble and Fred at eight twenty. If one of them mentions Dan's cock, Dan's <laughs> cock, you win. And every day that, and every day they don't, the prize money goes up by a thousand dollars. <laughs> oh yeah beat the clank that, there you go see <laughs> there you go oh there you go uh-huh okay well let's get dan to do what he's here to do which but besides provide some anchoring to this program like metaphorically speaking he also does the news now here's to a fella named dan duran a hell of a guy with a hella big wang the quintessential anchor man his voice is nice and low dan duran the anchor man comes as for credentials he has none can't tell a headline from his bum but his voice is nice and low Dan Duran, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And now live from the lake Having, I guess, canoed Have you canoed? I I, I didn't canoe, no Okay It started raining It started raining Here is movie anchorman Dan Duran Headlines today include the earthquake in Morocco, flooding in Libya, flash flooding in Greece, and in Japan, and in China, including a southwestern China city where residents were warned to stay home after torrential rains, allowed no fewer than 75 crocodiles to escape from a crocodile farm, which I did not know was a thing. Mm-hmm. 69 full-grown crocs and six juveniles managed to escape. Some have been recaptured, but that protest uh, process could take a long time because the number of escaped crocodiles is a bit too many, according to, <laughs> to a mm. state official. Anyway, the uh, province has uh, got the, some of the country's largest crocodile farms, apparently, and they're farmed for both their skin and their meat. Mm. Yeah, and what is a ju- I guess a juvenile crocodile is like an immature crocodile that's like always playing pranks on the other crocodiles. Like, hey, don't be so juvenile. <laughs> I don't know. That's all I can um, think of. You know? See no, the crocodile swimming <laughs> up your street. What's that, Freddie? Yeah. 
Uh, no, I was saying crocodile, and I think of alligator. Have you ever uh, had um, eaten alligator? Uh, down in Florida, I've had alligator a few times. It's pretty good. I may like have. Chicken. You know, when I drank, I may have had, like, alligator apps at some place with you. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I don't know if crocodile would taste like alligator. Tastes like chicken. Taste, taste, taste test. <laughs> you taste, cause a blind taste test. Do you like What's the, the difference between the bastards, anyway? What's the difference between an alligator and a crocodile? I, I guarantee you it all tastes like chicken. Yeah, probably. Uh, Dan, did you bring a second story along, or should we uh, just wrap this thing up? Well, I got a, I got a real quick one here. Cause just a real quick second bite. story from Dan Duran. Here he is once again. All right, so Mike Lindell is an asshole calling a lawyer an asshole. A newly released videos and transcripts from a series of depositions taped earlier this year. Uh, they have uh, Lindell lashing out at opposing counsel and berating one of the attorneys for the Dominion Voting Systems uh, lawsuit. Eric Coomer is his name and called him evil and disgusting slime at one point in the deposition. And he was I've seen a few clips from this is just uh, astonishing. Um, so anyway, that being said, I'm just trying to find it here. Like, uh, just like uh, you, Howard. And so we're going here. Uh, Too bad you don't have a mouse. You know, I didn't pull my mice out, mouse out today. That is true. Oh, didn't you? Pardon? Pardon? <laughs> what is this going to say? <laughs> okay, here we go. There's your mouse. I'm not hey. asking about the lumpy pillow calls. Uh, no, they're not lumpy pillows. That's not what they call on. Okay? That when you say lumpy pillows, now you're an asshole. You got that? You're an asshole like is what you are. Like no, that. he's an asshole. No, he's an ambulance chasing asshole. That's what you are. Lumpy pillows, kiss my ass. Put that in your book. No, they, they answer anything, any problem customer that wants to reach Mike Lindell. Those are the ones. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. I want to talk to Mike Lindell. They send them to here and they go, or they call about, um, maybe they didn't get their pillow on time because of uh, um, the FedEx or whatever. Anyway, I don't know. He, was a, he was just explaining... Uh, the lumpy pillow phone calls because they get phone calls about lumpy pillows or yeah. something and then I don't know what the reference was specifically. How did a guy as stupid as Mike going. How did a guy as stupid as Mike Lindell get to be so rich? Lumpy pillows. Like fuck. Well and again it gets back to the thing I said about Don Cherry, you know, this Canadian icon. You know what I mean? Mike Lindell, he's a big trumper. He's a he's in that you know, he's in that lane. It's yeah. just so predictable, these people. It's ugh. like, do you want to be part of that group? They, some people do. I guess because Mike, Mike Lindell is making lots of money off it. Um, uh, um, can I just say one editorial comment? Dan touched on it at the beginning of the show. Our prime minister stranded in India yes. for 48 hours because the plane wouldn't work. And again, this has nothing to do with Trudeau. Not a big fan, as you know. But our prime minister in Canada, it's so embarrassing. And then I saw a report the other day, same with, uh, you know, 24 Sussex. The residents, it's uninhabitable right now. So our prime minister's home or house where he's supposed to live, they they won't renovate it. He's He's... Halfway across the world, and the plane is so out of date and so inadequate. It's embarrassing. That's a set it's, of 30, a, it's, it's a 36-year-old plane. You're right. Yeah, Chris. but that's not the problem with the plane. It's not that it's old. Lots of planes are 36 years old. Right, it's right, the fact right. that he had to that, that it's not working, and they had to send another plane. It's embarrassing. And here's the problem yeah. is the reason they won't fix his residence is because it's so political. 
it, it doesn't matter if he's liberal or conservative. It's the prime minister of our country. That house, I don't care. And all the money they piss away, like, I don't care what it, hey, what it costs. Fix that house. Let's be proud of it. And yeah. let's give the guy, whoever it is, whatever political woman, right, a decent plane to go around the world in. I mean, really? Come yeah, on. Yeah, it's pretty sad. I, yeah. I totally agree with you, Fred. A little bit of, of information about the house. They've talked about this uh, recently where they're going to, they're looking at another piece of land, a park, to build, a, build from new. Because yeah. that house, <laughs> to make it uh, appropriate for a prime minister... Uh, they'd have to ironclad it to prevent, you know, I don't know, damage from, you know, somebody shooting at it or something. And it would, mm. they just, because it's so old, they can't really do it without making it look like more of a bunker than, than an old stable yeah. home. So they're talking about that. And, you know, again, it is going to be way cheaper to build from new than. Hey, Dan, that. maybe you should so, offer to do the oh, reno. Move on. So you guys didn't hear me say that. Okay, we've got to fix this fucking no. thing because it's just ridiculous. Like, I'm literally speaking to you, and, and nobody can hear me. Um, no, we can't. So, okay, let's wrap this up and fix this problem, because it's ridiculous. Uh, Dan, what I said was maybe you can do the reno, but that was like an hour ago when I said it. <laughs> yes. Okay, let's get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> okay. Fuck me. It's ridiculous. Fix the Pay fucking by the hour, fuck you. He'll be, be 89, but... <laughs> That's right. We're getting down. Dan, why don't you sell your fucking trailer to the prime minister... Yeah. yeah. Right. I only It'd work alone. Upgrade. So, yeah. All right. Listen, thanks to uh, Bernard Fraser and everyone else. Thanks for uh, being here for us. Tomorrow on the program, Bill Brio will be making his uh, regular appearance. We can talk some TV with Bill and, of course, the retirement Sherpa. And let's just end off by telling you whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source of online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook and feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and race book, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. Jays and Texas Rangers tonight. Rangers, the slight favorites. Ooh, Bodog. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by the Retirement Sherpa, The Chambers Plan, Bodog, Aaron Ventures, EVNet.ca, Palma Pasta, and Stretch Lab Toronto. We read all of our emails, and we've got the Friday email show coming up with the monthly Palma Pasta Prize, Humble and Fred at HumbleandFredRadio.com. So tell us what you think. Liking and subscribing really helps us out, so does writing a review. Get the word out. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember, if you have concerns about your mental acuity, call a mind guy and enjoy every goddamn day. From the habitations of the towns we know, a place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow, pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone, bottles and cans, or just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Where's that?